Hello, welcome to episode 45 of the Town End Podcast. Um, another disappointing night for Dundalk Football Club. Um, crazy 24 hours and, and the game has kind of been lost in the mix. Um, joining me tonight, Donald Hanks and Andrew Gallagher. Hey, you, Jets. Before anyone asks. <laughs> the wh- whiskey's on, we could all be on it. Um, yeah, so look at mental 24 hours, which we'll get into later, but uh, thoughts, uh, initial thoughts on the game. Uh, Donald, I'll go to you first. Yeah, uh, very disappointing night. Um, I think, like you said, there's been, it's just been a long weekend, like in a lot of ways, um, since Friday night, there's been absolute chaos and rumours and noise around the club and all that kind of stuff. And then, what you were hoping wouldn't happen tonight happened. Um, they didn't look, didn't look sharp. Didn't look like they. they it looks actually. It looked like they could be playing until tomorrow and not score. Um, just a bad night. Um, a lack of intensity as well. It just you're worried about the the post cup exit come down and everything. And it looked like that was in place tonight. Um. Yeah, so just a pretty disappointing night all around. Yeah, yeah, Gally. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it felt like a. It felt like an end of season game. It felt like a game that. Do you know when you've already won something or you're you've already been relegated? We don't use that word, but it was like just last game of the season. There was just seemed to be nothing about it, and like, on the flip, on the same side of that, on the flip side of that, we probably should have scored. Like we, we've had chances, Lee's missed two headers, but it just seemed to be, it was like they'd already kind of accepted, right, luck, so we'll, we'll take our luck at the playoff and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happened. And it was just, it just seemed to be, it was just slow motion. It, they, they just, and Pat's like, Pat would probably be coming off the pitch like going, like, how do we even, like, we weren't even that good to play. We, we got our goal. You know, they, they, they gave your man, I think it was King, you gave him, acres of space when he cut in you know but it just seemed to be yeah look we'll, we'll, we'll go there we'll, we'll we'll take it on the chin and like we're looking at the fixtures they're coming up you've got three games at home you're, you're really banking on the home fans now to drag this team probably to a playoff because if you you don't want if anybody hasn't looked at the table don't look at it because we're now level on points at Waterford who were one of the worst teams in the league when Bersin took over and now we're all level on we're level on thirty nine points. I think that's a frightening indictment of what's happened over the last couple of weeks. You know, we've got three games out of the four at home, and you're really banking on the Oriel crowd now to kind of drag this team from nothing because there's there's a gap. I know we have like we've got draw ahead of us, but the four points ahead of us. So worst case scenario, we have to beat them. That's minimum. You know, like it's just and going by that going by that tonight. I think I don't. I don't fancy to beat anybody because Pats weren't even that good tonight. I mean, they were very they were buying average. Um, there just seemed to be nothing about us. It just seemed to be, like I say, I can't describe it any better. It just seemed to be an end of season game. Do you know when things are showing up? European places are showing up. Everything's done, and you're just going out to finish the ninety minutes of the last game of the season. That's what it felt like tonight. It was just. I I don't want to say the players are down tools, but it it just looked like there's no fight in them that's I, I look i know we said that before we're blue in the face saying it but 
I, I just can't. I can't get over how, how bored I was in that game. Like it really was. And we've had some stinkers this season. But that's right. I just, it, they never got going. And look, they've had chances. That's the funny thing. We've had chances. We could have got something. But it just seemed to be nothing. There seemed to be nothing going for anybody at all. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the, the Pats goal. He just, it, it kind of summed up the night, didn't it? You know, he had acres oh, of space. I, Nobody closed it down. And then, you know, like, did Cherry think it was going wide? I don't know. You know, that kind of way. But he just... I, yeah, just sure. It's a great strike. Down. You know, you take nothing away from the strike. But I mean, he's cut in there and he's had 20 hours to run right across our box and nobody's come out to him. And the, the, the midfielders have probably been slow in getting back. But... You know, you take nothing away from the strike, but you've given him acres of space. But it just seemed to be, yeah, look, I, I, look I, I, we've said worse this season, but I, I just thought they just never got going. They just never. It was like, it was like, look, we'll take a playoff and we'll, we'll take our chance in the playoffs. That's what it felt like. And it's, yeah. it's sad to see. And you've got players like Andy Boyle have, you know, good games. and But there's not really, like Duffy's ran his, probably his socks off, but there's, there's nothing coming from him. There's nothing there. You know, like it's just, it's so frustrating and so annoying. After the last twenty-four hours of the the walkouts we've had, or the people leaving, whatever way you want to put it, it's just, it's just something you don't need, especially after last Friday. It's, it's, it's as if they've said, right, look, we've nothing to play for. Well, the cup, Europe's not coming, so we just, just it's like a trade match. It looks like they never skipped a beat. It was just like they didn't put a sweat on. That's to yeah. me. That's what it looked like. No, I'm not saying that's what it looked, but on, on the on the the screen tonight, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, obviously you were saying Pat's Pat's didn't look great tonight either. And no. I think it's it's worth noting we made obviously three changes. Um David Millen coming in, Daniel Kelly and um Rivas Jorkovsky coming back in at right back and Dummigan moving to the centre. But Pat's made six changes from Friday night. Yeah. You know, they start with six different players. Auckland was still out as well, he was suspended for the game, you and he didn't even start the other night, you know. So really seven first team players um didn't didn't play tonight for, for Pat's and Don, would you would you agree with Gatti's assessment there that it was very much a training ground match, or you know how how pedestrian Dundalk looked? Yeah, I think you have to read on. <laughs> yeah, this is a great time to start arguing, isn't it? Uh, no, I mean just the thing about the game being in slow motion, um, they they just just didn't seem like there was an urgency um, about the team about either team. Like we're saying that about. Pats, like, I don't even think Pats are that bothered what score that finished tonight. Like, obviously, they, what we're always going to get, I guess, with Stephen O'Donnell's teams now, what we've seen so far within this season, that they're going to be organised and they're going to work hard. But, like, making the changes and off the back of the, the massive night that they had Friday night, you wouldn't have thought, like, it's going to matter that much to them at all. And it, and it didn't seem like it mattered that much to them. But, um. And it's a strange one too, because like if we'd taken any of the chances that we created in the first half and gone in front, things could have been completely different. Um like it was the same Friday night that we had chances at nil-nil and one all on Friday night to make make the game a different game and we didn't take them, and then we didn't take the chances tonight when we had them. Um I don't know whether Dummigan play, playing at centre back, not knowing whether he should come out to the to um Arian Robin, who was it that hit the, that scored? King, wasn't it? King, yeah, that, like run across. <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe he was. Maybe he was expecting Boyer to run out. Maybe Boyer was expecting him to run out, and nobody seemed to come to actually try and close it down quick enough. Um, 
but yeah, it's just I don't know. I you, you don't like seeing or saying stuff about the effort that the lads are putting in, um, and they have been like what we have to remember is they were on a, a really really good run. Like the last two games have been poor. Tonight was probably the poorest they've been in a while. Still could have gotten a point out of it. So they have been they have played much better recently. But that's just it's just a bit worrying. Like with all the stuff that's going on around the club, and um, and now that the cup cup run is over, about the thing I'm worried about most is just the heads going down. And like Gally was saying, maybe accepting the playoff, but not even accepting the playoff, but thinking we'll just beat Waterford on Friday night and we're grand. Like there seemed to be an acceptance that like maybe three or four points will do us before the end of the season. But I don't know. Like <laughs> if we lose Friday night, like you're looking at Finn Harps then to not gain any points. And like Finn Harps have Rovers, Drahad, Derry and Longford in their last four. So, I mean, they're going to get points from somewhere. Um, and they're, also probably, they're, they're probably the form team after us, aren't they? At yeah. the minute, and know, we're all in the uh, mix. We're just in that. We've Harps, ourselves, Drahad, um, Waterford. Waterford, Waterford winning again tonight. It's, like it sounds always, but we're a big trouble. Like, like even a playoff, there's nothing the way they are playing tonight. There's first division teams that fancy that. Like, it's just crazy. It's 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 just like it's it sounds obvious. It's just unacceptable. I think that that's really obvious. Just kind of nail it on that. But it's just yeah. Look, I I, I lost the world sometimes. I really don't get it. Yeah, I think it's you know. There's a standard that's been set over the last the last ten years at the club, yeah. and to see it's fallen, not just short of those standards, like we're so far below the standard that you come to expect of a Dundalk football or Dundalk uh, FC team. I think it's just uh, it's crazy. So look, I I think it's a good time to bring in someone who who's an expert in the field, who, who's played at Dundalk, played at Pats, played across the league. Um, Mark Rossiter, how's it going? Evening, gents. Rossi. You were obviously you were at the game commentating on uh, on on Friday night. Um, I know you got to check in on the second half tonight. Like, what what do you think of it all? Um, first of all, I want to know what whiskey Donald's drinking. Gone for safe. Um, do you know what it was? The game the other night was probably the best I've seen them play collectively for long periods of the game. And, you know, the game could have went either way. It just didn't go for Dundalk on the night. A uh, bit of brilliance from Maddie Smith. Great performance by Dara Burns. And to be honest, my man of the match was Paddy Barrett. Um, anything that went into the box, he cleared everything. Um I think the warning signs from, I seen the goal, obviously it was in the first half, but I seen the goal. And when you look at warning signs from the other night, Burns coming in off the right-hand side because he's left-footed. Billy King done exactly the same. Uh, it wasn't identified by the personnel tonight. Him doing that gets a strike away and, and it's a goal. Um, but just listening to you all talking about it, like... Um, you know, end of season game, nothing to play for. You know, when you, when you look at Finn Harps playing against Sligo on Saturday, down to 10 men in the first five minutes and 
two nil down in the eighty fifth minute and the scrape a draw. Yeah. Um, could you see Dundalk doing that? Like oh, Waterford, everything went against them the other night. They concede with two minutes to go, two players sent off, getting beat in the first half in Daily Mount and come back out and win two one. You know, everybody is showing fighting spirit and it's just lacking at the minute for for the town boys at the minute. Whether it's a confidence thing, whether it's just a shit show off the pitch and it's affecting them hugely on the pitch, you know. Unless you're in the middle of it, you know, you probably don't know. The players probably aren't talking. And look at everybody around the town knows exactly what's happening. And, you know, that the fact that everything has been, you know, broadcast is is wrong. Um, and of course, it's going to affect them. Um, but at the same time, there's enough quality there to, to be challenging for Europe, never mind battling relegation. Yeah, I think, Rossi, I think you've made a good point there. You were obviously part of the Bowes team in 2010 when Bowes started going into a little bit of, of difficulty off, off the field as well. Um, but you still ended up finishing runner-up that year. You know, like when you talk about quality, do you think, obviously, with someone like Pat Fenland that was in charge at the time, was he able to keep all that stuff out of the dressing room and keep you focused on the football? Like, do you, do you just feel like... and this isn't a slight against Vinny or anything like that, but do you just think that there's too much of a vacuum of that stuff getting into the dressing room now that is affecting the players potentially? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, Pingo, because like, mentality-wise, fellas in 2010 to 2020 are completely different. Um, the average age of our team and the average age of Dundalk's team was probably a lot higher. Um and and at that particular moment in time, there wasn't lads on contracts going into next seasons and all. Like my contract was up at the end of that year. There was there was any amount of lads that had contracts going into the next season. But you know uh, that 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 was the whole. I suppose uh, Bulls having issues or Bulls fans having issues with Stephen Gray and Brian Shelley because these lads hadn't been paid in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, you know. Um, we knew what the issues were after the TNS game that, you know, the likelihood is where we're going to get paid between then and the end of the season was, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's it's, it's a weird one. Like, I, I'm not going to pass comment on the Dundalk dressing room because I haven't spoke to any of them. Um, and I'm not going to get in touch with the likes of guards or anything just to to get a bit of gossip like um and to be fair i wouldn't ask him and i have too much respect for the boys there to do that so you know it's it's not great i just i just the only thing that could make the season worse i said earlier on was if they actually did get relegated i don't think they will but um you know, it's 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 not looking great for them at the minute form wise. I, I still think they'll dig it out. You just be fair, and you know, um, you know the the point that I make is Shelburne were too good to go down against Longford in the playoff race, but in a one-off game, anything can happen. Um, so that's that's the the fear that everybody'd have. But I don't think any of the Premier teams are. I think any of them at the minute, if they go into a playoff, the golf is a little bit more than it was last year. So I don't think there's anything in the first division to touch any of the teams that may be in the playoff. But in in a one-off game, anything can happen. 
like I, I remember when I remember when you first came on and I think it, it was it would have been when when the, the Italian lads were involved and I think it was like maybe episode 11 or something I think I put shared today but then when Vinny came in we had that little bit of it, like you said we were talking off air that little new manager momentum but do you think do you think the mentality you think no matter who came in they would have got that little that little burst and then we'd be back to where we are at the minute is that just a mental like players contracts running up or what's going on behind the scenes do you think anybody could have got it right at this stage of the season or would you, would you just be going through the motions with anybody I, I, I don't know I, I don't know what the thought process was that, that sorry the thought process was in bringing the manager back that you've sacked probably 18 months previous is it because of the familiarity with the club and the players I don't know um, I, I don't know I would have went in a complete to, to be honest I would have probably left Jim in charge you know but he wasn't doing anything either he wasn't getting anything out of the players at the same time I, I don't know I would have I would have went completely against the grain and brought in somebody new but I think one of the problems is nobody knows who the, the decision maker is there. Like if if Bill is the one appointing people, what's Jim's role? Yeah. Um, you know, you'd hear that Jim has to bring people to Bill and then Bill just says no to everybody. Like so I, I, I don't know what his role is, to be honest. You know, this is a chap who played at the highest level, you know, for, for a long, long time. Um Surely he knows enough about football and I don't know what Bill's credentials are, but, you know, I think, you know, Jim was assistant manager to Michael in in the championship winning team in the League of Ireland. So he has more of an idea of the league than Bill does. So allow him to make it. Like he, he, he'll have had, if he was at QPR, he'll have had some contact with Mark Bertram at some stage with him being a former player and I'm the under 23 manager or something like that. He could have brought him in, Do you know, and, and football is tight knit over there. Similar to here. It's just on a bigger scale. And I, I would have thought that Jim would have had more connections to bring in somebody different to maybe get something different out of, out of this group of players than, than what's happened so far. Yeah. I think if it's going during Go on, you're right, go, go for it. No, I was just going to say, like, just, you're, you were saying that you don't think they're going to get relegated. So do you think over the next four games, they're going to get enough points to avoid the playoff? Or do you think it's just going to be a case of it's going to go down to the last, or it's going to go down to the wire and it is going to be a playoff and then we'll just take our chances against whoever it is from the first division? No, it'll, it'll go down to the wire, but I'd fancy them to be drugs anyways. Um they're a hard working team and stuff like that. I I fancy them to get a win. I don't I don't fancy harps to get wins, to be honest. Um you know, they got a draw, yeah, but they got a draw because Sligo in the last ten minutes shit the bed, to be honest. Um so no, I'd I'd fa- it's it's not so much that I fancy Dundalk to get loads of points. I just don't fancy harps to get any, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I still think they they have enough quality and they've got quality footballers to be fair. Um and McNamee and Ryan Connolly and stuff like that. And Shawnee Boyd, if he can stay injury free, is a is a threat. Like he's he scores, you know. So um 
I I just think that as bad as they are and as, as bad a run as they are, sorry, I don't mean as bad as Dundalk are, as bad a run as they're on and stuff like that, they still have Jesus, far more quality than any of the rest of them. So I, I don't think they'll I don't think they'll go down by any stretch. I don't no, no chance. Like as a I know I know what you're saying two thousand and ten is a different era and players are different now, but like not to try and get you to kind of put yourself in that position, but if, if you're a captain there, so if, if if you're in there in that dressing room now, maybe not maybe not tonight, maybe a training Monday, whatever it is, is is there anything you can say to them, or is it just is it is it a case of lads, look, we have to keep plodding along here, or, or do you get them by the scruff of the neck? What what like I'd be interested to know just from a from a former captain's point of view, what how do you deal with a situation like that? Um not the question yeah, yeah. as far as no, no, no. It's not. It's not even about being on the spot. It's. It's. I. I think the biggest loss to that team this year is Brian Garland because he's club captain. He would have been playing Chelsea, obviously losing him. But there, there was there. There is a lack of leadership hugely on that team. Um, you know, it's it's the the thing I don't understand, and the thing I don't understand about modern footballers in general is it's like. Regardless of anything that's happening off the pitch, you you don't go on to not try. I'm not saying that the Dundalk boys aren't trying, but like, you know, you take it a scale up and you look at Manchester United against their biggest rivals yesterday and they don't run. Um I I don't understand that. I I I, I can't for the life of me understand it because like regardless of how bad a day I was having or how bad life was, you went out and you emptied a tank plain and simple um and you you don't go out there and it's 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 not acceptable to 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 lose like or if you're winning a game it's not acceptable con- to concede and draw a game that you should have won it's fucking heartbreaking like yeah so that 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 doesn't resonate with me at all um and you know tonight's performance maybe they're they're a little bit down like Davy Davy McMillan for example isn't fit he's he's been injured you know and he's like if you give him chances he'll score goals um but it's creating creating chances for a fella who's been out for a long period of time um it's not easy you know losing i know you're going back in time here but losing goals from midfield from Richie um it's 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 hard to replace like um yeah it's 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 probably just a hugely transitional period but they just need to i suppose make the best of a bad situation and look uh, if you can get i i mean if you have somebody behind the club like connolly um and stuff like that who's a fan who sees it as a you know not as a a toy to play with you know that that's what you want. Yes, it has to be sustainable and stuff like that, but it doesn't make sense that you spend a fortune on a pitch and then you don't have the equipment to to upkeep it. Like, but yeah, I think that's been one of the things coming out on Twitter over the week. It's just the pitch has kind of been. I think Pingu has been looked at once a week at the minute. Is it? It's just it's horrendous. I, I just on not to, not to you know put get get you to almost put your boots back on in your own head, but. The fact that we're out of the cup now and the, the way the league's gone, there's no European football next year. Like, as a player, if, if you know, 
is the dog still an attractive? Obviously, we think it is, but is it still an attractive option for for a team you know with the run that we've had this season? The potential for Vinny not to be there next year, or new manager, and no European football. Are you going back to basics of, you know, just young talent from the first division or lower, you know, so-called lower teams? Is that the option now going forward, or do you think they can still attract, you know, a top-class League of Ireland talent? Absolutely, they can attract any and everyone. Um, like outside of Shamrock Rovers, they're the biggest team in the country, in in the Premier regardless like yeah Pats will be attractive because they're in Europe and they're, they're a team on the up but at the end of the day if you if you speak to European delegates around Europe uh, will they have ever heard of they'll have heard of Dundalk will they have yeah. heard of any of the rest you know um, yeah they've spent money stupidly on, on a lot of things but it's still a very attractive club to go to and for all the players that are there and that are out of contract, I think Andy is one of the only players that's in contract. You know, you're playing, you're playing for your career, not necessarily at Dundalk, but potentially at Dundalk. But, you know, at the same time, it's like if, if somebody has an interest in you and see that you go out with a whimper for, and I'm not saying for, because it, this hasn't been for, you know, just one or two games. This is a bad season. But, you know, if you can be... Like, to me, Cameron Dummigan is player of the season for, for Dundalk. Consistently, to me, he's been deadly. He's He's been very good. Um, and being very good, I mean, like, has he been any better than an 8 out of 10 consistently? Yeah, on certain things, has he ever been less than a 7 out of 10? No, but he's, to me, if if... He's on a free at the end of the year. If I was Shamrock Rovers, I'd take him. But the rest of them, I I, I like uh, Stanton in midfield, you know. But I I think they could. They they still have the nucleus of a very good team, but it's just something isn't clicking right, and that's where they need to find the right man to either dismantle and start again, or um, see see what he can do with the players that he has there. And do you, do you think? Do you think a, a League of Ireland manager would be? Do you think that's a requirement, or is it just someone to come in? And like you said in your in the snippet we threw up earlier on from the last thing, someone who can do what Stephen Kenny done and just just galvanise the squad. Do you know, like it wouldn't have been a bad like when Giovanni went, like Pat Fenlon wouldn't have been a bad show to go in there. But you know, they've they've made the point that. Um, and him, him being one of the first people that got the pro license, they, they're, they're chaps that make the the argument that you know they're not even, I suppose, in the running for a job anymore. Um, I don't know how many leagues Pat has won. I won two under him. I think he won two or three more at, at Shells or whatever. You know, highly decorated player. He played at Linfield for three years. And he was voted their second best player of all time. Like his his credentials are ridiculous, and he demands. Um, and it's plain and simple. If you don't buy into what he's doing, fuck off. Plain and simple. And and I think that's what a lot of these players needed was a stern yeah. hand. And uh, I I don't think it was given. To be honest. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think the mess from last year, you know, the appointment, obviously Vinnie going and then the lads coming in. I don't think the lads are the worst coaches on the planet. I think just with the, 
the two Italians were just the, the remit just didn't seem to fit. You know, with Jim coming in and the two lads, it was just a at the start of the year we like if you believe it or not, our first couple of pos- our first podcast was very positive, but it's just gone slowly downhill since then. And you know, it's like maybe, you say, maybe the maybe the, maybe the problem is there. You know, the everything started going downhill when you launched the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, no, it's, it's yeah i know i know what you're saying like it, look at on on paper nothing makes makes sense the two lads coming over from i'm not saying soccer camps but you've seen all the the shouts about it coming over from where they did in the u.s um you know jim is coming in and it makes when there's so many people involved nobody's accountable for all the shit that's going on they can all point the finger at everybody else who made the signings like who brought who brought in all these players is it just bill is doing it for the crack um so that that's the issue you know like sahibo came in with a huge huge cv and it hasn't worked out for him um but you know was you telling me that jim magilton knew about him or you know so who signed him even though regardless he doesn't fit in into the League of Ireland thing, the pace, blah, 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 blah. He's defensive midfielder playing there. He's in shields. He's way in games. To me, he looks like a centre-back. I think he could be a very good centre-back in that league. But I I don't know. Like, it was it was a weird one. Like, they picked up, you know, one of the games, the first games that I had seen them play was against uh, Longford Town. And albeit, like, Peter just having a bad day at the office, but they were 2-0 down. And they scraped it to all. And I was like, can't believe, because I know Dara Doyle and Marzi well. And I was like, I can't believe that these lads are after losing two points against Dundalk. You know, um, and and it papered over a crack that day. Yeah. And it's just continued on. Like, you're there thinking that they'll, that something will happen. It just never did. Just ran out of games. Like, But I still don't think that, I can't, no. I, like, I can't, I can't see them go up down. No chance. You're definitely the most optimistic person we've had on the podcast in the last couple of weeks. We were talking about relegation, but just as you mentioned Longford, it was funny. We had Marzi on halfway through the season. It's a good way to go now, and he, like, he was livid that they dropped points against the dog that night. Like you say, he was just like he was absolutely fuming, and I think they'd done the same against Rovers twice. And like you say, they just ran out of games, and I think, I think we've benefited from Longford having that. You know, just that the bad run. I think everybody else. I know Waterford have come on, but it's really, it's Longford really that have kept us where we are. I suppose. I know we've picked up more points than them, but Dave's had such a shocker. I suppose that we've probably just benefited from it in the long term, haven't we? Yeah, um, and and not only that, I don't think every, I don't think anybody would have assumed that Bertram would have done what he did yeah. with Waterford coming. You know, their their form is ridiculous. I'm sure in the like since the second half of the season, they're probably in the top two for form, two or three. Um, and and look at they were unlucky in the cup, but they rectified that tonight. And would you rather go to the cup final or go to a playoff and to stay in the league? You, you'd for him. 
he'll he'll want to stay in the the league and look to build on it for next year. And I suppose if he's looking at the form guide the way he is, he's there going, there's no reason why to won't challenge for Europe next year. Um if he keeps the squad together and that kind of stuff. But um nah, look at from Dundalk's point of view at this stage, look at you know, two games ago, if if they had to get the right result against Bowles and they conceded the penalty in the last minute, but you're you're looking at there with Sligo dropping points and Derry losing against Strada yesterday, like a win or two, and all of a sudden they're in the European position. Like it's it's yeah. it's mad how close it is. And like I was there going after the game the other night with uh with Adrian, I was there going like if they win on Monday tonight depending on results, like they could easily be back. They could easily put a run together, you know, the last couple of games of the season. If they if they strung a couple of games, a couple of wins together, there's no reason why, especially if Pats win the Cup, that they still don't clinch a European, um, a European spot. But after tonight, uh, I think that's dead in the water hugely, you know? It's the yeah, first bit of negativity that they're not going to qualify for <laughs> Europe. Well, I was told I was too positive, so I need to, to dull it down a bit, you know. It's, 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 I, I'm trying to play the Jersey Wall here, but like, what I like, what I'm trying to get a prediction, I suppose, about you guys about it. Like, first of all, do you, do you think we'll, they'll stay up? And yes. What would you, what would you, if we say you got the run of Oriel Park next year, I'm not sorry, but would you just wipe the floor with everything that's up there, a new manager? Would you? I know I don't, I'm not asking for names, but you know, would you have anybody in mind you think you could kind of change the, the fortune of it at the minute? Or is it just too much of a poison chalice at the minute? I don't know. Like, um, you know, maybe tomorrow Ali Gunnar Solskjaer will be available. <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. You know, Stephen. You see, when Stephen when Stephen took over Dundalk, they they stayed up after beating Waterford, yeah. so the expectancy wasn't high. The following year, he had <laughs> what Stevie called us a bunch of misfits. Stevie O'Donnell, he called us a bunch of misfits. So for for one reason or another, you know, you went to clubs, it didn't work out. Blah 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 blah. But you know, uh, I tore me cruciate the year previous at Pats. Richie Towler come back from Scotland and was playing in the Leinster Senior League, blah, 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 blah. There was, you know, it was a makeshift team um, that I'm not going to say overachieved, but it was the start of people buying into Stephen's philosophy and away you go. A couple of good additions in the second season and to win the league. Um, we win the league by, Jesus, yeah, it was just, it was a nine years to the day, was it? That Yesterday? Yeah, so like the the problem anybody's going to have is the there's expectancy in Dundalk now. So if somebody comes in, are are the fans going to be happy to just say stay in the league and we build? Now, you know they're they're they've 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 been spoiled like European football, not not just European qualifying football, like group games, group stages, uh, twice in the last ten years. So, like, there there's there's facilities there. The pitch and stadium need an upgrade. Yes, absolutely. But you know, it's it's 
if a manager comes in and he has a budget, fans are going to be expecting the boards. I hope peak six. Do you know what it is like? I hope the club stay in the league. Yes, I believe they will. If it meant that the club gets sold to somebody that cares about the club, I'm glad that they don't get into Europe. So the peak six, fuck off. Excuse my language. Um, and give give somebody or a consortium of something that, as I said, I, I said earlier, don't see it as a toy and want to build something. Um because the league in general is a good product. Bowls are doing it. Um, the teams are performing. Like Shamrock Rovers have put structures in place for the next 10 years that they could win the league. Um, you know, they've got a conveyor belt of players coming that, you know, they're selling. Scales is gone. Gavin Bazunu gone, you know. And like between the two of them, they made a million. You know, like they're... They, they look like they could be be on a good good way of paths. Like you look at the youth international teams, they've any amount of players in the under seventeens. Um, you know, Stevie has thrown on players. They're you young lads, not a bother. If if they've got potential and and they're shown that they're they're competent, he'll he'll use them. Same with same with Bowles. Um, Ross Tierney away to Motherwell. And there'll probably be some young lad to come in, you know, uh, Dawson Devoy, all these lads. So, like, why, why with Dundalk, with the embarrassment of riches they've had, not got the same structures in place? Yeah, I think it's one of them that we mentioned earlier in the season. But like you were saying, with all the success, it's it almost papered over the fact that we don't have this kind of. You know, even even this year the academy style with Stephen McDonald, but that's the first time it's kind of been taken notice of. And that's no disrespect to anybody that's been in before, but there seems to be this restructure that hasn't happened because of the not because of the success, but it's been it's been forgotten about because we've been so successful in the field, and now it's coming back dividends, and it's gonna it's gonna bite us all in the arse, I think. Has to be like um, Fal Edicum is gone. I don't know what transfer fee or whatever was gone but you know that's that's one young lad that's gone but like it it should be a case if if i was 19 years of age and i'd been in england for two or three years there's only one team i want to sign for and it's bowls that's it best brand of football um all young players if you perform you'll get a chance to play plain and simple and with the structures that were in place in 2014, 15, blah, 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 blah. Any young player that has an idea of what way football should be played, then they will all want to sign for Dundalk. And how many how many young lads have come through the ranks and made it to the first team in, in Dundalk? I'm not saying for a sustainable period. I know Georgie Poynton would be one and, you know, Chippy McDonald, but Chippy's, I think, in Australia. But, like... You know, there, there's very, very few that came in and were there for any length of time. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's not a good ratio to, to have. Like when when Shamrock Rovers, who are the top team at the minute and have an embarrassment of, of players and their, their squad and they're still bringing young lads in here and there. Um, that that'd be one of the only the 
one of the only negatives I'd have with Dundalk in the last 10 years, albeit this season, not not panned out the way that we wanted. But um, I don't think from from a structural point of view that that has benefited the town in any shape or form. Yeah, just just a last, so I don't know if the boys jump a question, but just a last for me, if the last 24 hours, I don't know if you've been following on Twitter, you know, this the, the medical staff, just to get your view just before you go, what like how does the how does it function? How does the club function with you know over the last when you've got 24 hours of three people leaving, you know, what like what does that say to the players? How do the players go to a game tonight and be mentally prepared for a game when that's all going on behind the scenes? I, I I don't know. I I genuinely don't don't know. I know it was the strength and conditioning coach, the doctor, and who I, who was the third fellow? I don't uh, I don't. Not two doctors. Was it? It was. It was Delta and physios. Yeah. I I that happening. Like when when you look at that, that has carried on off the pitch, and that has carried on to the pitch tonight. Yeah, there you go. Like it's it's you know I'm not saying that they're jumping ship or the club have got rid of them or what, but I think that says it all. Because if there was any kind of a team structure within that team, whether or not they wanted to leave or not, they would have seen out the season and left at the end of the season. So. Um, I, th- I think that speaks volumes and I'm not saying that it was uh, a stance with the staff to do so, to, to walk, to make it public and make it look so bad because the players don't have that option to do to, to do it. So the staff can like, um, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Uh, I'll be interested to see in the papers to see what the comments are. I'm sure Vinny will be asked about it tonight. Um so, so I'll have a listen, have a listen tomorrow, and see if if there's any mention about it. But it's it doesn't it doesn't look great. Like it looks oh, all it looks yeah, all especially the night before a game. It just made no absolutely. Then again, look at the whole season's made no sense. For, for yeah, no, but like ah, uh, yeah, but like staff to walk like yeah. if. If right, some of them were there for a couple of years. Some of them were there when Vinny was there the last time. But I mean, like you know, for them to for them to to walk out and they're still, you know, four weeks, five weeks to go in the league isn't it? It shows it for the shit show it is. Yeah, Rossi. Look, it's we said when we got you on. This is the third time you've been on. We will get. I promise, we'll get you on after three points. We will. We'll definitely try and get you on after. Three. It seems to be a, a running, running team with us on Horsley, but that's just the season that's in us. I know. I'll see us next week after the draw again. Three right, points. So we'll, we'll keep you playing. We'll be straight off, straight after. Hundred percent. When you send me that message, going, do you want to come on after the win? I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Rossi, look at uh, no, like yeah. As I said, I don't, I don't look at it. it's, it's, it's been bad for, for, for everybody connected. But I still don't think that they'll. The, the, the only thing is that they'll go down and they won't go down. So that that's the only thing that can get worse and they won't go down. So keep the faith, lads. I think that's all we have to do is keep the fair, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Yeah, Even in worse positions. Pleasure. In worse positions than this and still came out of it. So That's it. And Pink has yeah. been highly involved in, both, in, the, in the last one as well. So he knows better than most. 
But look at Rossi. Hundred percent. Thank you very much for coming on. Mind yourselves, fellas. Have a good See evening. Again, Enjoy the whiskey. Charge him. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, th- thanks a million to Mark Ross though for coming on. Uh, insightful as always, and he he cuts to the bone, doesn't he? he? Doesn't doesn't hang about with his opinions, that's which is great. Um, but yeah, I think Gally, obviously, you alluded to there towards the end about um the big probably the biggest news that's come out over the last twenty four hours is uh is uh the news obviously of the three um medical staff leaving over the last uh over the last 24 hours uh graham norton put up a tweet about it and you just have to look underneath the um the comments from players that are currently in the squad to see um that all isn't well you know if you read between the lines of that um i suppose look over the last like the last few weeks a lot of a lot of fingers have been pointed directly at peak six which i think is true um and i think it's it's definitely warranted but i mean and i've i've been waiting to kind of talk about this all day today but uh you know where has our sporting director been since he stepped aside as the as the interim manager um we haven't heard from him apart from photographs with various partners um you know but on, on the field when things have struggled this season He's nowhere to be found. Um, and just before I came on, I looked up what the definition of a sporting director is. And in simple terms, the sporting director oversees the entire football inside of things other than the day-to-day coaching. So his job is to make sure that Vinny has it so easy that all he has to do is go out and coach the team. Um, yeah. Just a, a couple of stats that I talked to him before to get him started. So since the start of the season, under the watch of our sporting director, the club has lost seven staff members, um, including the three lads from tonight, one of which I think has actually left twice. Um, I think he left earlier in the season and he came back under under Vinny in a part-time capacity. Um, eight players have left the club, either on loan or on permanent moves throughout the season. One which I think the, the love we have for this player... Um, kind of just let it slide but one of them which in, in my view and I think I might have said it at the time or maybe a couple of weeks after I left is unacceptable like your club captain you let your club captain leave halfway through a season when things aren't going right which to me is just unacceptable because look we all understand the reasons why Chris Shields left for like on a personal level that he left you know to be closer to his family or anything like that there but he he engaged in a professional contract with the football club and our sporting director wasn't able to stand up and say, well, you can leave, yeah, no problem, but it's at the end of the season. You're contracted with us and we need you. You know, that was that was a decision that wasn't made in the best interest at Dundalk Football Club. That was made, I, I, I don't even know. I, I, like, I, I don't know what decision, but our, we, we hired someone to make sure that decisions like that don't happen. You know what I mean? Like, um, Two players have been announced to go to rivals of ours um, that make them stronger next year um they're obviously they're still with us for now but two players have literally been allowed sign with other clubs there's rumors that pat huben is going is either pats or sligo bound at the end of the season again it's, it's all rumors but you know we look at all that and then you look at even the, the the pitch you know the standard of the pitch the deterioration of the pitch every time you watch a match in oriel park or well i'm watching it in loi tv Donald, you'd know a little bit more having gone to a few games now, but every, every time you watch it on telly, it just looks worse and worse. And it seems to be playing worse and worse. That I, When 
five six years ago when Brian Kerr used to used to go on RTE commentary and say how much of an advantage we have. I actually think we're at a disadvantage because we're on it so much, you know. But I just it all, all these questions. I, I think it's valid to ask now. Where is where is Jim Magilton? You know, where is our sporting director, and why is why can't he come out? and answer some of these concerns. You know, there's stuff going on with the sale of the club um, that the owners aren't coming out and saying, but where is our sporting director? You know, why Why are these things allowed to happen? 15, 15 members of first team, staff and players, are no longer at the club from, from who started at the start of the season. And I haven't even got into the fact that we only had a two-week preseason. <laughs> you know, it's uh, just, it's madness. You know, when, when you look at that stuff, it's madness. And I, and I think to an extent, he's got away a little bit scot-free, hasn't he? You know, like, the, there's no question that's been asked of him over the, over the last month or so. Yeah, I got on, um, I had to get on Vinny's case for the way he answers questions about the ownership and uh, answering questions about the future and, and that kind of stuff. And it's been said to me, like, oh, like what's he supposed to do? Criticise his uh, employers and all that kind of stuff. And I get all that. And in a way, he's like Finney's in the worst situation possible because he literally has to go in front of the press after every game. He has to put his face out there and he's the one that's going to get asked these questions. Now, there's still, there's still some things that when he's talking about it, I'd still have an issue with, but I'm completely aware that say 99% of the issues aren't his, aren't of his making. Like there's decisions being made above him or not decisions not being made above him that are putting him in a really, really awkward situation. Um, and like the way the club's been run um, this season, it does seem a bit like it's been stripped for parts, but like the parts aren't being sold. The parts are just being given away. Like if it's like, it's like a kid's jumble sale where like if someone's walking past and be like, oh yeah, I want Patrick McElhinney. Oh yeah, 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 go on, take him. And then someone has to be like, you know, maybe hold on to the end of the season and not just give him away immediately. The fact that, like, after Chris Shields left, there there were conversations of whether we would get to keep Patrick McLean to the end of the season also proves just how insane the situation is. But you do, like, the pitch thing, like, the John, John Mountney was commentating on the game today and I'm pretty sure the pitch caused him a season. Like, it's dangerous. It's not yeah. just that like the ball doesn't roll straight or you can't pass the you can't rely on the ball to bounce whatever direction. It's actually like it's proper dangerous. It's hurting people. Well that's and, the thing. We we've had players that have got injured from between Friday and Friday. You know, there are, there have been players that have gotten injured in training this season. I think there was one week where those three players got injured during the week. Um yeah. in, in, in training sessions. And I know from from speaking to people up at Oriole Park, that there is players like have said, you know, it's so, something as simple as the ball is not passing straight, or you know, there's a there's an odd bounce. Um, so it's you know that that's only one facet of it, but you know, like the fact, as you say, that we're being stripped for parts. The eight players leaving in a season, albeit at different various levels of performance, um, that's to me is just on it. Like when has that ever happened? Like when has eight players left with four games? Like obviously a lot longer than four games to go, but halfway through a season, there's eight players no longer at the club. And when has seven players gone, three of which leave with five games to go? Like, it's just, there's a lot of questions need to be raised on the on the day-to-day -day running of the club and what's happening 
in in Oriel Park, you know. Yeah, it's like like we said earlier in the year. Like I remember when the season started, Jim was on any podcast. Every well, he wasn't on those, but he was on the you know the the the, the big wigs. You know, League of Ireland Central and Alan Cawley. And I was listening. I remember listening to him. Says you know they've come in, they've done their homework. He said they'd done the homework on these players that signed. I was like, look, you know, players coming in from different countries. This could be, it could be something different. It could be something. And then it doesn't work out. He's on the sideline. He's on it after every game. I still remember, still sticks in my mind. The the verbal takedown he done to Jerry Malone, and it's still, it's still airs. It, it boils my blood every time I think about it. The way he spoke to Jerry Malone after one day interviews. And then Vinny comes in, and nobody hears him. Nobody hears him. Nobody sees him. He doesn't turn up to supporters night. And then the same week he's at Ovel hand cream down the road getting his picture taken with Mickey Duffy and all, you know. It like I'm all the commercial side of the business is great. Great, but we don't care about the commercial side of the business. I mean I know I know it runs the club, but fans want people to come out and explain what the fuck is going on in Oriel Park. And that and that is the problem. That is the number one problem. And most a lot of sporting directors and clubs don't speak, and that's fine. But when there's nobody speaking and you've got a manager coming out after every game and all he's saying is, I don't know anything. I know nothing that's going on. Like, what, what are we doing? What, what, what's his function? Like, you know, we don't need to know. I said it here at the start of the season. We don't need to know the ins and outs. We don't need to know what people are on wages. We don't need to know what they're being paid. It's none of our business at the end of the day. If, if Peak Six and the boys want to pay that, that's fine. But there's stuff, fans should have a face-to-face every once in a while with, with someone from the club. Like, I went to the, the 1903 night in Oriel Park and nobody was coming up to it. Bill was supposed to be there on the screen. Nobody arrived to it. They tried to get Paddy Casey to st- at the last minute to go to this. It's not a Paddy Casey. Like, Paddy Casey doesn't need to be there. He's not part of this debacle. He's there as a job, a business, whatever whatever he handles. But it, it's nothing to do with takeovers. It's nothing to do with what's going, off, going on the field. But Jim has come in and he's done... I'm not saying he's done nothing, but we don't know what he's done. So we haven't heard a dicky about it since Vinnie Peart came back to the job. There wasn't even a press conference to say Vinnie Peart was getting the job. There was nothing said what he thought of it. It's just, and then you hear, look, and, you, and, and as Rossi said, there's rumours coming out, there's stuff coming out of Oriel Park. As long as nobody says it, shite will come out because people are getting frustrated. You know, like they've gotten rid of anybody that was anybody in Oriel Park volunteers like you're talking about seven people leaving 15 stick and yet nobody seems to want to like i like if i'm I'm not i highly doubt he watches this but i have no right to ask him to come on this show but i'm I'm inviting him right now any night he wants to come on this show and have a conversation with us on you come like it's ridiculous like i just can't find what he's at no stage does it enter his mind that he should be saying, look it, I should really say something here. You know, I really need to come out here. I'm a sporting director. I have a three-year contract. I have a longer contract than anybody in probably League of Ireland at the minute, including footballers. I, should, I need to come out and say something. And if that doesn't enter his head, or maybe he's stopped, we don't know. Maybe he's been told under contract you're not to open your mouth. But I don't see why that's, why, that, why that's a problem. He's paid to do the job. The least he can do is engage with the fans, and he doesn't. And it's just... It, it it makes things 10 times worse because, like I say, we don't need to know the ins and outs. 
but somebody has to engage with the fans at some stage. And the night for me that it kind of went all, that it just took the piss was when nobody arrived for the supporters club. Like there hasn't been a supporters club since we since we were involved, Pingu. And that's come back, what year are we? 2015? Six years, yeah. Yeah, so, and then we finally get one up and it seems to be, it's a lot more successful than what we've done. And we thought we were doing really well at the time. This this has been a hell of a supporters club. Brendan Ogle, everybody that's on it. Lee McConville, all them. You know, I know, uh, what do you call the girl that left? Um, Andrea. Andrea, I know she was heavily involved, didn't work out, whatever happened. But at the meeting I was at, very professional, very well organised. They're not just this run of the middle, you know, gang of lads that want to come up and have the crack and drink the bar dry on sponsor night. That's not what it's about. It's a properly run function um supporters club. And the least the least they could have got was a bit of respect from the club. And like anybody could have went up. They could have got anybody and nobody turned up. And it was just it was a massive slap in the face. And it just goes to show they don't care. They just like we can talk about peak six all we like, them boys in America. Jim's here. You know, like it, it should have been dealt with. And it just, it, it just, it's fucking, an old saying, like, shit stinks, and it sticks as well. And when you leave it there for long enough, like, you'll never get rid of it. And that's what's happening at the minute. That it's just, it's, it, there's no way to treat people. It'd be different with winning leagues. People might bypass and say, look, we don't need to hear from anybody. We didn't hear from anybody for peak six for years. They've done the grand opening and we didn't hear anything. Fine. But now when there's a problems like that, so like, like I said, if he's listening, if anybody has this number, He's more than welcome on. We'll even do a pre-recording. It won't be edited, but he doesn't have to come on and leave. <laughs> and he, he, can, he can come and come on here anytime he likes. I'm sure Chris Clark is buzzing listening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. You know, it's when you look at his role, as, as I said, his role is to handle the day-to-day football operation. Yeah. All, he, all he's done since Finney has come in is get photographs with some of our partners. You know, that's all, that's all we've yeah. seen him do publicly. And, look, and don't get me wrong, and, it, like... The commercial, the commercial is not his role. Do you know his, yeah, his role, exactly. his role that's, isn't, that's isn't Paddy, the Paddy commercial Casey business manager. Yeah. You know, and look at I I don't know Jim Magelton. I've never met him. So for all for all I know, he could be a great fella. You know what I mean? He he, he might be a nice fella, but in terms of the role that he's he's paid to do and what he's in Oriel Park, sporting director, to have that amount of people leave, to have a pitch in the condition it's in. To have two of our two of our best assets, let's let's call a spade a spade. Michael Duffy and Patrick McElhaney are two of the three players you would want to keep on along with Patrick Huben. Have just been not just let go, but they've been, you know, they've been allowed public. Like we've been publicly embarrassed twice by Derry City now. One came right after a match. Like how is that? To to me, that would make the position untenable. You know, honestly, that that just is like, I don't, I don't know. It just, uh, it kind of slapped me in the face when I when I took down the note of who's gone, how many's gone, and that today, like in the first team, like that's your role. And, and like we go back, I I, I don't want to go over old ground from from two weeks ago. We talk about the day to day football stuff, something as simple as the under seventeens girls two weeks ago, Gally, which we brought up about that there, like that falls under his remit. You yeah. know that that falls under his too. Like that kind of stuff shouldn't be let happen. You know, it's just absolutely crazy stuff. Especially now, when there's such an emphasis, and not to go back to the ladies' bit, but there's such an emphasis on women's football. Now. Like you just look at the Ireland match. You're nice. You're talking. They, they were just bet by Sweden, one nil, second ranked team on the planet. You know, it's there's such a big push with ladies' soccer now. Something like that shouldn't happen. But look, that's we've, we've spoken about that before. But there's just something not right. There's just something. Everybody's missing something here. Fans are missing something. There's something going on that we 
you hear rumours of stuff, but there's something fundamentally wrong with what's going on inside the workings of Royal Park at the minute. And maybe that's why we're not hearing from it. I don't know what that is. I have an idea. It's not for us to say it, but there's something not right. And he needs to come out and have a chat. Like, even just for his own sake. Like, he, like yeah. you've heard rumours of he's applied for a job in England months ago. You hear these rumours on Twitter. A manager's job. Like, this is our sporting director. Like, you know, he was at a Legends match in, in Oxford playing in a Legends match, Oxford United match, and then the fans were talking about maybe he should take over, you know, get a legend in his, as a, our new manager because they haven't got one. Like, what? He can turn up to that, but he can't come and deal with the people that's paying his wages. Like, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And look, and maybe it's a contract thing. Maybe he's not allowed to speak. We don't know. I don't, I, look, we don't know the workings of the Wonka factory that's up there at the minute, but it's just, it's, 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 it's embarrassing. Like, that's, it is embarrassing. Like, I'm getting annoyed here. We, we, I'm sweating here getting that frustrated with it. But it's, it's, it's completely embarrassing. Like, we're a laughing stock. And like, other, other clubs will, you know, might, some fans might revel in this, but this is not good for League of Ireland in general. Like, it's just, this, he's, he's at the first, they've, they've probably set the blueprint for everybody because it's probably the first big sporting director that League of Ireland have had. We, no, not many clubs have gone down this road before. I know Pat Fenn has done the director of football at Linfield and things, but this is the first crack we've had and most clubs have had, and they've got it badly wrong. Like, like they couldn't have got it more wrong. Like, it was easier not to have anybody. Like, who, what kind of wage could be paid to players on gyms if you believe that you believe all the talking around it? What, what, what could be done with, you know, the pitch or facilities? It's, I think, yeah, a three-year contract. Like, I, I, I just... For doing nothing at the minute, from what I can see, he's done nothing because the big commercial end of it is Paddy Casey and Paddy Casey been flying. So I, I don't get it, I, I, I just don't understand it. Donald, I think you were trying to get in with the bottom line there, were you? <laughs> I'm gonna play smack the head on him. No, um, I think the, the biggest problem that they've had, and like Ali said, like. It has been since things have started to take a turn for the worse, obviously. So, like, now we're starting to look around and see what's going on. And we're starting to, like, ask questions of things that we didn't ask a couple of years ago and all that kind of stuff. But the communication thing is the biggest issue. Because, we're like, we're saying this, like, Jim's job is X, Y, and Z. And we don't know whether that's what he's actually been told to do. We don't know whether that's if his remit has grown. We don't know whether it's shrunk. We don't know anything. And when you obviously you're not going to get a football club responding to every rumor that comes out. But I think I said this before, like when the rumors are absolutely batshit crazy and then they end up being true, they need to start controlling what's coming out of the football club. Like they need to start responding to things because if they have a problem with people like us talking about them, it's only going to get worse if they just like exactly. don't respond because yeah, they hate they hate podcasts and they hate but you're like what, what like we can only talk about rumors because nobody says that yeah and like, there's always going to be that element of it there's always going to be a thing yeah. of like um we're going to talk about like transfer rumors obviously is the biggest thing that people talk about the whole year round and you know it's mostly hearsay and people forget about it but like we're looking at things like we haven't even really mentioned that we had. We I don't think you. They were listed in your, um, 
list of people that were gone. But like, we had we had three people walk out with four five games left of the season, and I don't know if has there been an official announcement? Has there been any communication about it? No, I think Graham Norton's tweet was the only That's one. That's all I've seen, yeah. And then you see the stuff from the, the players. But, I mean, the, the scary part about this is, you know, the the medical staff and the kit man, especially the kit man that was there in years gone by, um, they're, they're, the play, like they're the people, especially the physio, is the person that players trust the most. You know, your medical staff are the people that the players trust the most. So to see the players coming out and actually some of the words and the verbiage that's been used about these lads and about the situation, like a couple of players have referred to the situation. I think that's, as I say, scarier than the news about these lads leaving. Yeah. And just as like, even just because we're all in flux about all of this stuff, who, who is going to decide whether Pat Hooven's fit for Friday night? Like, who is he gonna is he gonna trust somebody to come in and have a look at him and be like, Yeah, you're grand, go on ahead. Is he gonna have to do this by himself? Like we've just no idea what's going on there. Yeah. And, and this isn't the first set of medical staff gone. Like we had, you know, Danny did physio, um is it Danny Murphy can he was yeah, ready. Murphy, he, he left he left earlier in the season as well. Like this is not the first set. We've gone through like and and when you mentioned them not coming out with any statements, they've done the same when Shane Keegan left and Philippe it took days. To get an official statement that they were gone, like you know, and that's not Gab's fault. He has to; he can't get permission for that. You know, that's that's yeah. he has to go with what the club wants. But it's just, I, I, it's just, it's mad. It's 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 so frustrating, and it's it, we shouldn't be surprised. We probably shouldn't be no. surprised. But now it's getting to the point where you're just getting look. We've had enough now. People have to start, and like I keep saying. The supporters club, the club needed supporters club to engage with this club at the start. You know, we've heard that Brendan and they had a meeting with Jim and I don't know who else, it might have been Paddy Casey. So the, obviously the, it was a two-way street. This was great. Let, let, let's get the ball rolling on this. And then to not even turn up, to not yeah. even bother, like it's just, and like Brendan admitted, he only found out like two hours before the meeting started that there was nobody going to be there. So it was too late to cancel it. Like it's just, it's such a yeah. massive lack of respect. And we should just mention, I just, well, I don't know if we put it up yet. There was an incident in Richmond Park. I just see a couple of comments. Um, Aye, the bus. Crazy carry on altogether. Um, buses smash. Hope everybody's all right on that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, look. And people, and I know people might be watching this going, oh, we're just repeating our shines. But, like, if, 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 if we just get something from the club, just to say, look, it's, like, we were talking today, there's people talking to me like we were sold. Club was sold today. We don't know. We, apparently, it was might be in a couple of days. Consorting from the north, Dublin businessman, local business here. Nobody seems to know. Two million, yeah. one point eight million. And that's like, there's obviously like there's repercussions to people speaking about like financial deals and stuff. So there's obviously going to be a certain amount of a lot of it's going to have to be hush hush until yeah there's an official announcement, but we just go back to that thing of like the vacuum that's been left behind by lack of communication that like, we don't, <laughs> we don't even technically know if peak six are, are selling, if they're willing to sell, if they're planning on, like if nobody comes forward with the money, are they just, what's the deal next season? Like there's just so much of it, so much of the vacuum left through lack of communication that we're filling 
with stuff that we've heard. And also just to point out that like we've heard, like I don't know about yourselves, but over this weekend, I was saying this was a long weekend because this has been a really long weekend. The amount of stuff that's worse than anything that we've brought up. Yeah. That I like I don't feel comfortable talking about some of the stuff that I've heard until it's like corroborated by four or five people. But there's some awful stuff going on. And there's some potentially disastrous consequences. And yep. look, I you hope some of them aren't true. You hope, you know, you're getting worst case scenarios from people, but I mean Ah, oh, look, I know it is the case of repeating ourselves, but like we have to, because what what's happened in the last couple? And it's amazing. Like as soon as the, as soon as the whistle went on Friday night, people started turning their attention to what's going on behind the scenes. Like as soon as any all hope was lost yeah. on the pitch, <clears throat> automatically everybody just turns back to what what's causing all this, and like. If we beat Waterford next week, we'll have a look at the table. We'll see where we are, but we're going to be coming back to this again. Longford yeah. the week after, Jota the week after. Like this is this just isn't going away now. Yeah, because the pro- the thing is now, don't we're not we're not high enough. We're not high enough in the league that we can avoid talking about it. <laughs> Whereas years gone by, you know, we were told might have been fighting for Europe. I might have papered over that for a little while, but now we don't have that, and that's that's what's that's what's worse. Because we don't have that kind of luxury of saying, look, let's just leave that to the side at the end of the season. Because you can't. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I hate repeat. Like, you can't help but, but repeat yourself. Because it's just, like the three, like the three medical staff going out the last day. Like, and it's not, that wasn't obviously something planned. That's obviously something that's happened. Because I seen Graham Norton the other day out jogging around town. So it's obviously not something that was planned. Like, you don't plan to leave a job to leave players in the lunch five games to go the night before a game. Like that, you know, you don't plan that. There's something's yeah. obviously gone wrong there. Something's come to a head. And nobody, nobody like I don't know. It's just crazy. And they obviously they obviously think we can't do this job. Our hands are tied. It's untenable. It's just and that and that's sad because they've they've given so much to the club. I mean going by the comments, I know Dan Cleary, I think he said Graham is the hardest muckle man in football. Like he seems to really like he seems to be top class at what they do and yeah, Kyle's hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. That where, where the blueprint for everybody else, how not to do it. Yeah. Because that's literally it. You know, when I mean it goes from a podcast earlier in the season where Jim said we put a team together to compete for the league to here we are now in the end of October. Five games to go and it you know, we're looking at a playoff. You know, it's like and look at the we don't know who made the signings. We don't know. That's not necessarily Jim's fault. What happens on the field doesn't really fall at his feet as such because there's only so much you can do. But when someone doesn't come out and speak, you know, and, you know, engage with fans and look at, you know, look, I'm sure he's as shocked as everybody what's going on. But you do nothing hiding in, hiding in the stands. You probably need hiding. You probably need to go to games. Well, I think the big thing is as well, look, there's three lads left last night and, a manager might fall out with some with one person backstage or backstage back, uh, you know, in, of the backroom staff or a player, but he doesn't fall out with three of them. Yeah, you know that's there's something much bigger going on, and it's 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 an eye opener. You know, I I think uh, as you say after Friday, 
we've been kind of stressing it the last couple of weeks that despite the good results, we still need to keep an eye on what's happening off the field. Like we've been saying it and, and other podcasts have been saying it too. You know, um, the men who say football have been saying it as well and the press box, you know, you have to keep an eye on what's happening off the field. And I think, as you say, literally, and I don't even think it was before the final whistle. I think it was when the third goal went in the other night, social media took a little bit of a turn and it, it's gone. I think from myself it's gone from a little bit of sadness after the game because it was almost like it was the end of, end of the road it was the, it was the final nail in the coffin but you, you see today that sadness is kind of torn into anger now uh, and there's anger brewing and to have have a, an angry support makes for a scary uh, a scary situation going forward you know if if things don't go our way on friday night I'd be I'd be worrying, you know, um, for where this is all going to go. But hopefully, as I think it was Gally or yeah, Gally or Don one of you were alluding to there. You know, there's the second rumor that obviously came out over the last twenty four hours is that the club is close to being sold or may already be sold. Um, and it's one one of those which who are they? You know, we believe that uh, if 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 some rumors are to be believed, there's a, there's a local consortium. That have a chance, um, and the other one is that there's there's a northern based uh, consortium as well, you know. So, I suppose, kind of as the final topic at night, Donald's smiling, so I think he wants that. He's itching to either answer or not answer this question. But uh, you know, if I I don't want to go into names or I don't want to I don't want to mention anybody and like any businesses that might be getting involved or like that there. But from what you've heard of, of both consortiums, who would who would you like to see it get in the hands of? Well, look, I think... I was going to put myself on Rossi, <laughs> Rossi mentioned this earlier on about, like, if if they're local, they care about the club. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't care about the club if you're not local. That's not the case. So you'd obviously want... I would obviously want um, fans of the club or local businesses being involved that's because you want we want to get the um community element of the club back because that's fallen by the wayside as well um the other consortium that's in the mix um i think we probably all need to do a bit of research um and find out a bit more before saying anything um, but there are, yeah, um, I think this is going to come up again at some point, um, and it will probably be the last podcast I'll ever be on, uh, <laughs> when it does come back up again. Um, so look, it's, this is the, the thing with the rumors is like, you, I don't want to say anything about the possible new owners or anything until they are the new owners, um, fair enough, and then go to fuck it down on the. But still, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yeah, and, and the thing is, we like it's going by some of the press today. It could be this week. It could be next. Like you know, we mightn't even. We could be. We actually. We actually could be doing a podcast talking about the actual new owners, not you know, kind of brainstorming what it might be. But um, it's yeah. Look, you'd like to get. It's not even fans of the club. You want to get football people in. You want to get someone with the best interest at heart. And I'm not saying Peak Six didn't when they took it over. But, you know, 
when they're it's not a coincidence we're here now the takeover so close when Europe went last Friday night. Like that's not a coincidence. You know, so I know the takeover was primed all season, but now that it's really caught fire because there's not there's not going to be European football next year. So the money's not there for them. So that's why there's a rush now to sell it for whatever for whatever they're looking for. But yeah, look, you hear some rumors, Dublin businessmen, local, northern. It's it's kind of we don't know. We just, we just, we just don't know. But I mean, you know, a penny for Dan Dan McDonald's thoughts because I'm sure he's got everything on the go there, and everybody's racking his head trying to find out. But we just not want to someone to come in. On the pod, by the way, yeah, we're not letting him go. But it's yeah, look, we just have to see. Like Donald says, it is it is one of them things. Like you just have to see and wait and see what happens. I mean, the only the only thing said about a new takeover is you would like to think. I'm trying to choose words very carefully. You'd like to think they can't be as bad as what's what's about to go before them. But then you hear certain things like we've heard, and you're thinking, Jesus, you know. Maybe someone should ring Bill and say, Bill wouldn't give us another 12 months, would you? You know, it's, it's, look at, but we don't I don't know. think anybody's making that call. Guys. No, I think it's very drastic, but we'd, look at, we'll see. It seems to be, it caught fire very quick in the last 24 hours, so maybe there's something coming down very, very soon, but I'd be very shocked if we're not talking with a new owner on a podcast before the end of the season. So that gives us all like three weeks. So I definitely think we'd have someone by then. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you both make good points. I think, you know, again, I'll not get into the specifics of, of who the, these two potential um, consortiums are, but I think getting people to have a grow for the club, you know, to have a love for the club. And I, I kind of disagree with you to an extent, Gally, where you said that Peak Six were in it for the right reasons at the start. I don't think Peak Six, the business, was ever in it for the love of Dundalk Football Club. I think people involved in that consortium, you know, your, your Mike Tracy's, Michael Hughes's people like that there developed a love for the club very quickly mm. um, and then I think a lot has gone wrong when these people have left you know yeah. I think they were able to just do enough and I think when when these individuals were no longer involved I think that that kind of disappeared um, but yeah I, I think you know any consortium that takes over we, we, look, we said it on the podcast on Friday about potentially you know having a supporter on the board of directors but it, from uh, represented from the supporters club, I mean, but you need to have some people that know Dundalk FC, know the League of Ireland, and and as you say, are in it for the love of the club. They're not in it for their own gain, which is what I fear could potentially happen with with some people who are interested in taking over the club. That there's a there's a potentially another ulterior motive there, um, because anybody with a brain cell, you would say, if I'm taking over a League of Ireland club, I'm not taking over to make any money. Because what's the chances you're going to make anything out of it? You know, yeah. you're not. Um, if someone is taking over Dundalk FC with a view to making money out of Dundalk FC, that, that's when I'm going to start worrying, um, being completely honest, you know. Um, so, yeah, so look, at that's that's all we can say to avoid that and uh, libel us. So <laughs> we'll probably leave yeah. it there. Well, right? Wet the appetite for the <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just wait. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, it's... It, it, Leaves for off the field an interesting few weeks as well as on the field, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. Waiting to see what happens and if, if if things are to be believed, we might find white smoke on on the ownership, as you say, over the next 
week or so potentially so hopefully we might have to do another live podcast just at the at the the drop of a hat yeah and we haven't even mentioned the rumors of Vinnie Perp going to Shell but we haven't mentioned any of that because we just you know there's there's been that much going on the last 24 hours but that seemed to come out tonight as well but um yeah look there's nothing in it for today okay Fair enough. I mean, look, I I would say, and and Donald, you said earlier on, obviously, you know, we've been criticised on the podcast because we haven't kind of bowed down at the altar of any this season. But I I think, given what we've heard over the last twenty four hours, I do feel a little bit sorry for him, and I feel like he's been a little bit hamstrung in the job. And you know, from what we've heard, he probably deserves a crack at it next year, but a crack at actually doing the job. You know, um, so. That's my two cents on it to surprise a few people. And I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking whiskey. But yeah, I just, I just, uh, it, I would hate for Vinny to leave the club in the circumstances now, um, given how difficult of a job he has on his hands um, behind the scenes. Yeah, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about, because we were talking about whether you would, you would give him a contract for next season. And I think we said like, the ball's probably out of our court at this stage. Like, He's had that much stuff going on. Like, why would he sign up for another season of it? Like, yeah. regardless of ownership changes, or sorry, irrespective of ownership changes, obviously some could completely change down the line. But the way things are at the minute, like, if you're him, why not put your hat in the ring for the, sh- the Shell's job, you know? Um, yeah. But look, I w- he came back in the first place, so it's between maybe. him and it's between him and Damien Duff going by Twitter tonight. So, interesting yeah. to see. Well, not yeah. interesting for us, just interesting to see if he goes. But, uh, yeah, look, it's one of them. That's it's you can't you can't like I know people don't hammer him, and but at, at the, like I said before, at the time, who else we want to get in? Like, it, like, Best man for the job probably at the time. I'm not saying he's going to get a fucking three-year contract or anything. He probably won't. If new owners change, there's a good chance we'll be looking at a whole new setup next year. Look, maybe that's what's needed. We don't know, but it all hinges on the new ownership, I suppose. That secret ownership that we are so desperate to talk about, but we'll see. Yeah, we'd have to get uh, the the official uh, the official town and lawyer partner before we do that episode. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is yeah, we'll get them on first. Uh, but yeah, no, look at we'll move on kind of away from that stuff because the more the more I talk about it, I was excited to talk about it earlier, but I'm getting more and more depressed the more we talk about it. So um move on to something either more exciting or more depressing. We play obviously on um on Friday night against uh, against Waterford. Must win game. Um, what's what? What predictions are we going with, uh, Donald? Uh, look, they they need um they need a result because if they don't get a result, like, like we're looking at Finn Harps results, like they are going to be the ones that'll have to drop points. So I think they can obviously get a, a win. Um. They've played well enough in games over the last month or so to lead you to think that they can get a win. They played well against, or they they almost beat Waterford in Waterford already while Waterford been on this great run. So 
I don't think I've picked. I haven't picked against Dundalk all season, so I'm not going to start with Friday night. I'm going to go six one. No, two one. Six. <laughs> Yeah, you stole my scoreline, Donald. Um, yeah, look at they're all went like we. I remember saying in August that the next couple of games, I think we had like Bows and Rovers and Finn Harps in September. They were massive games, but going by even tonight, the cup game last week, and then Waterford winning tonight the way they have Finn Harps winning last week. Was it last night? Friday night? Saturday night? Could be Saturday night. Um, it, 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 it can't be anything for a win. You know, it, it, that's they have to go for it. They have to just like you'd like to think at home. You know, Waterford, but you know, six months ago it's only Waterford, but now it's a diff, it's a different Waterford. It's a, like them boys are going to be up for that game like they were before. Like when you look at the table, we're on thirty two, they're on thirty one. We're both on thirty nine points. You know, it's and you draw the head of us on thirty one forty three. Finn Harps on thirty one thirty eight points. Like. Those, it's so tight. Like considering, we didn't think we'd actually drop this far, or maybe we probably didn't think Waterford would pick up so many points. Like like Rosie was saying, the the run they're on, they're in the top two or three in the country, just on form, it's frightening. So yeah, it's it's a it's probably going to be playing a worse team in the league at the minute. But I think I'm going to go. I, I because you said two one, I'm going to stick my neck out and just see Frank Carroll is there as well. I'm going to go with three one. I'm going to join Frank on that one. Frank right. hasn't actually confirmed if that's to Dundalk or not. Well, well he's got three. Dundalk. He's got three first. Three at so home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go two nil, two nil Dundalk. I'm gonna say my main man Pat is gonna score two. Will he be fit? I think. It, well, I think does anybody be know what injury? Does anybody know what the injury, the injury had tonight? Think it's already put across. I don't know. I'd say it's probably. Um, yeah. Just to see if he was fit. Just I don't I don't just stick in your neck I'd say he's gonna get a brace and then he's not fit. Well he he might be in a brace if he's not fit either. So could, either way. Um but yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two 0 If he's fit, he scores two, I think. Um I think it's gonna be nervy though. It's either gonna be nervy or we're gonna score a couple of early goals and just sit back for the rest of the game. Yeah, but, you'd like you'd like to think we'll get at it very early and just because like I know it's cliche. They're all cup finals. I know that's one of the worst cliche things to say, but you know, considering where we are, like you don't want to go to a playoff. Like I really fear for us if we go to a playoff. I would be I wouldn't have Mark Rosser's confidence. Just the way like I don't know what the first division's like. Is Galway where will Galway getting on? Like don't be worrying about that yet. But that I just I, I avoid it at all costs. You know, but it's it's gotta be a must win. It has to be yeah. If they approach it with the intensity that they approached, like the Rovers game and a couple of the other performances over the last month, they should, they're should they definitely good enough to get something. So, look, it'd be an absolutely miserable podcast if, uh, well, they all are really, aren't they? But no, we, um, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't missed a podcast yet. So we haven't actually missed the game yet. But, and we don't want to start with a miserable water for one. We don't want to start that track. <laughs> Yeah, all wins all around. Look at positive, like Rosie said. Look, he's got to stay positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look at we'll we'll wrap it up there for tonight, will we? Yeah, all right. We'll hit the one, two, three. Yeah, we'll hit the pin on it. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much, everybody, for uh, for watching in. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we're a little bit more positive and a little bit chirpier on uh, 
on Friday. Um, thanks a million, Donald. Thanks, Gally. Um, thanks for Mark Rossiter for coming on. And Donald, I'll let you close her off tonight. Oh, I'm not prepared <laughs> for this at all. Um, right, Gally, we we'll let you close. Go on. I, I use it the rest. Use of all the wrestling quotes, boys. Stick one in now. Uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. There, I was thinking if the game had been on Halloween, we could have had a bit of Halloween havoc, but it's not, so we don't. <laughs> and that's, that's just we, we're going. We call it Monday match. So now we're we're rolling into November, which is Survivor Series month. So hopefully, there we go. Who will be the sole survivor? <laughs> Thank <laughs>